before we get into uh, Maple Leaf business, this Weidman thing, I mean, this is bizarre. Have you, have you ever seen anybody act the way he acted? I, uh, I have a habit of just focusing on what I have control of, Bob, and what I do. <laughs> okay. I think you know that. That's the good answer. Yeah, well, I throw the book at him. Um, I don't have any sympathy for, uh, for those kinds of actions. I don't, care. I don't care if he was concussed or not concussed or anything else, but uh, we'll, we'll leave that till uh, later. Nick Kiprios will join us, and I'm sure he'll have a few things to say. Uh, how, has the, how have the first, uh, let me, i got to figure it out, few months, let me say that, on the job been understanding what the initiative was when you got here has it been pretty much as expected yes it has bob uh, i don't think there's been any surprises i think the uh vision that, that brendan had when he spoke to me during the summer and my conversations with mike uh everything has been uh, exactly what it said uh, in saying that, we certainly would like to have, uh, like everyone else, more wins. Uh, but what the plan has been with the development of the young players and the minors and getting them uh, to do the things that are necessary to prepare them for the NHL. And uh, fortunately, we have an outstanding team there that uh, is winning and players are getting used to winning as young players. And then the job that uh, Mike has done here, uh, with the Leafs uh, and bringing in a system and getting a commitment from the players uh, to buy in, uh, to work each and every night uh, at it. And uh, I think in saying all of that and having the draft picks that they've acquired prior to me, and, uh, having Mark Hunter out there day in and day out with his staff, I think that everyone, everything you know, is on schedule. Uh, we have to do some things, there's no question. Uh, but I think the foundation has been laid, and it's just maintaining it um, and not getting off track. You mentioned the minor league system, I and mean, the Marlies have had an extraordinary year. Um, it's their best year ever, at least to this point. They are the best team in the American Hockey League by a s- significant margin, I would say. Well, by a few points at least. Uh, they played extraordinarily well. But how do you how do you quantify that as an NHL general manager? where the real emphasis is the one or two or hopefully a few more guys that have the potential to play in the National Hockey League on that team. Um, is, is that the total focus, Lou, or is there tangible benefit long-term to the, as you said, winning environment that's being created there? There's no question, Bob, there's tangible and intangible uh, benefits. Uh, because we've seen this over the years where a player will go to the minors and play extremely well. You'll bring him right up, but he might not be mentally prepared uh, for the pressures that come with that, the expectations of coming from uh, you know, what he did in the minor leagues. It's a different league, and you really never know. And I'm glad you used the word potential, because that's the first thing you have to have is potential, and then you have to see how you can develop that and how you can get that to the highest level uh, for them, that is, the individual players to have success. And I think that's what has been most pleasing to me is that we have stuck with what we had planned to do, which sometimes very difficult. You have an injury here in the, in the NHL, and you know you've got a player that can help you there, 
but it is not good for his overall development as far as the big picture of where you are. Right. And there are several players there that, in my opinion, will play in the National Hockey League. To what level they will have success, we'll only find that out when we get there. But we're giving them every bit of a foundation and development process to maximize that and to give them the best chance for success. Uh, Lou, sticking with that, uh, William Nylander hasn't played since the World Juniors. When he, he got that concussion, I believe the plan is to have him play um, this weekend in a game. Does your plan for William going forward, has it been altered by him sitting out the last month or so? No, I don't, I don't think it's been altered, and, and you're right. Uh, he will be uh, back in the lineup. The most important thing was making sure that you know he was 100%. Uh, and even when you get a player 100%, you always wait a little while longer uh, because they tell you they feel good, you know, A to Z. Uh, but the plan was exactly the way it's been. And, you know, at the appropriate time, uh, I'm sure you'll see William Nylander like you'll see a few other players. Mm-hmm. So that tells so has let's get right to it then. Has your phone, have you been very busy? Have you been actively calling people, people calling you? Because you do have a number of veteran players i'm just looking at the lineup I, I see you know a guy like pa parento for example their contracts are up uh, have you got your plan in place leading up to the deadline well i think we always have a plan that changes every day uh because of unique situations that come about but what we're doing or what we're not doing i think bob can answer that uh, as well as i can he knows me well enough kind of the goes back to your first answer I yeah think, the answer the is top. he's not going to tell you yeah exactly that's the answer <laughs> I wouldn't even do my job if I didn't try, though. Uh, well, let me ask you in this general sense. How would you categorize the level of conversations that you're having this year as compared to all those years in New Jersey? Is it active? Is it quiet? Well, I, I think you always have conversations, no matter what side you're on the fence, whether you're looking to acquire players or making sure you understand what is transpiring throughout the league. So I would say that the conversations for any general manager should always be active at this time of the year, you know, no matter what position you're in, to make sure that you, you know, not to be redundant, have an awareness, have a knowledge, needs of everybody, uh, you know, just information. Um, with Lou Lamorello, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course. So you have a plan. It is a um, it is a multi year plan. Uh, the emphasis is not to pull the trigger on um, on anything that would disrupt the plan because we've seen that play out before, where a general manager comes in and thinks he's better he's got a better team than maybe he does, and so the four year plan suddenly is a well maybe if we do this and this. You know, we can expedite this whole situation. And more often than not, you would concede that doesn't work. But let's say, so in the course of executing this long-term plan, are there short-term aspirations? Is there a, um, have you talked about, well, what if a guy became available and we really don't need him yet, we're building a little bit more slowly, but he's the kind of guy that, we might not be able to get two or three years down the road when we think we're we're a capable hockey team. How do you deal with those intangibles? Well, I, I think you deal with them like you deal with everything else. What is in the best interest of the overall, as you said, plan to get where you want to get 
without compromising or putting yourself back, whether it's today, tomorrow, or the next day. I've always said that, and I've said this publicly, that I've always had a five-year plan in my mind that changes every day. Right. You know, because of a lot of sets of circumstances. Could be injuries. It could be anything that pushes you to do something. Not pushes you, but uh, you know, makes it the right thing to do. And I think that's the most important thing is when time is on your side, uh, when you have the type of people that we have here who are constantly looking at all positives, negatives, that you, you make the right decisions. And sometimes it, and not always, but it's better to be a little late on whether it's bringing the person up or trying to push the envelope, as you said earlier, that maybe you could expedite something because short-term plans never work. Uh, agreed. Um, sometimes long-term plans don't work either. But um, uh, Absolutely. That's yeah. why there's such a balance. And when you make a short-term plan, you should always make it to, because you feel you have the chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Right. You all make those decisions. Uh, but we, we do understand that it is young players, some, many, maybe all of whom aren't even with the Toronto Maple Leafs today, that will be integral in the ability to win in the years to come. We have seen um, organizations have success with young players who they nurture through their system. We have seen teams have numerous high draft choices who haven't found success. And one of the arguments for not the teams that didn't succeed was they weren't surrounded with sufficient experience to nurture them at the NHL level. Are you a believer in that? Are you a believer that you have to have a few guys who have been to the rodeo before in order for those young players to develop? Absolutely. I believe that you have to have a supporting cast. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, anyone who would question that nor should question that. You have to have uh, players uh, who will give the right example, will give the right work ethic, will give the uh, right, you know, sort of away from the arena attitude that it takes and sacrifices it takes to have success. So there is no question that, that that's a necessity. Lou, the, the word in Toronto has always been that the fans would not sit through something like this, that the media wouldn't let a GM have a slow rebuild. Has it been challenging for you to stick to your guns, or has this just been the way the way it goes for you through 48 games with the Leafs? Well, I think it's been challenging for all of us here, whether it's Mike, Brendan, or myself, or anyone else who's you know had the good fortune to win. That you know, in other words, there's, there's always that temptation to to, to push the gas pedal, mm-hmm. and as Bob said earlier, you feel that you know this is it. But I, I think that uh, we've all been around long enough to know what is right, and when one might be a little more anxious, the other two can pull them back. So I think we've uh, all stayed on the right course. Uh, but, uh, you know, it does get difficult times. I, I won't, you know, apologize for that, but anything easy isn't worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, when you look at, I mean, 11 goals in the last 10 games for you guys. Do That's you, pretty bleak. Do yeah. you get together and talk about that as ways to to improve that within, or and are some guys tempted to go and get some from the someone from the outside, a player from the outside, to bring in and improve that? 
No, there's no question. Uh, in other words, no one has to remind any of us uh, that we haven't been scoring or that, you know, uh, you know, we haven't won uh, in, in most recent games. Uh, uh, so we know that. Uh, and, you know, certainly it's conversation each and every day to do whatever is necessary to get better and yet uh, not sacrificing what we're doing to get where we want to get. Is that is that tougher on you or is it tougher on the guy behind the bench, Mike Babcock, who has, who has to try to get this group to score? Well, I think it's certainly tougher on, on the coach, and I think we're extremely fortunate here in Toronto. Uh, you know, in my opinion, you know, we have the best coach in the game here, and, you know, his enthusiasm, uh, you know, his the way he teaches and the way he can come to work each and every day, no matter what transpired the day before, no matter what a play was, and to energize uh, these people, uh, we have the right person uh, but uh, Mike's a winner, and whenever you win, you know, uh, these type of things certainly uh, are not something you take lightly, uh, but that's the constitution that you have to have to go forward. Who, who's more likely to pull the other one from the ledge when things aren't going well? You with Mike or Mike with you? You mean push each other up? The <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, <laughs> push, your, push the other guy off the tracks when the train's coming. <laughs> Maybe I, that's the analogy. I think we're all the same. I, th- I think that, that you know it's, it's interesting, but I think the three of us have uh, similar personalities uh, in the competitiveness. Uh, but I think we've been around, hopefully, uh, long enough to know what what the right thing is. Uh, I got to tell you, and I, and I know you're going to agree with me, but um, uh, it's hard not to have been a fan of Babcock and understood how good a coach he must have been. Um, in his previous tenures, um, I, I but I'll tell you just, and it's not results oriented, obviously, but I am incredibly impressed with this guy um, as a guy, as a coach. Um, is is anything happened this year, Lou, with with Mike that has surprised you? Are you surprised that he is as good at what he does as he is? Well, I you know certainly I had not worked with Mike on a day-to-day basis, but certainly admired his work from afar. Right. Watched how his teams prepared. You know, uh, as you know, we were in the Stanley Cup Finals together uh, when he was in Anaheim. Uh, right. So I had I had the opportunity to watch him over the period of seven games, and that went seven games and, you know, some 14 days of practices and so forth. So uh, I had an awareness. Also had players play for him uh, in the Olympics. Uh, so... I had a lot of knowledge, uh, but uh, what I did not know about him is the type of energy that he has and, and how it spreads throughout his staff and how he can come today to work the next day, no matter what transpired the night before, and you would never know that something didn't go the way you'd like to see it. Uh, you know, I have tremendous respect for that uh, in the most difficult job you know, uh, in the game is coaching, and there is no question about that. Uh, so I guess the biggest thing is this being able to recover uh, from something not going as well as it did and coming to work. And I think that's a trait that is so, so important to players, no matter what position they may play, 
is that you cannot do anything about what just transpired. You can learn from it and don't let it affect what you have to do today. Lou, there's somebody else. There's a player on your roster that I know has impressed you, and over the years he's taken a lot of heat here in Toronto. This year he doesn't seem to be taking any heat, but media members or people at least don't seem lined up to praise him. Dion Phaneuf, what have you seen from him this year? I mean, in the past people were would take shots at him. This year no one's taking shots at him, but maybe he should be getting a little more praise than instead of maybe nothing at all. Well, I, I had heard and read or, you know, you, you know, you always hear these different things. And I did not know uh, Dion uh, personally, certainly played against him, uh, didn't know him uh, here in Toronto other than hearsay, uh, but did come in with no preconceived notions. Um, and, boy, am I glad I did because th- this man has extremely impressed me in watching him uh you know, and how he's handled the young players, watching him, how, how his work ethic has been, watching him and how he's, he's handled the media, and also knowing everything that, as you said, he went through, uh, and I can't even imagine, but uh, he's been one of the most impressive uh, individuals I've uh, been around here this year in the leadership qualities that he has shown me um, and certainly not to impress. They're genuine, uh, and you you can read right through that. So he's impressed me, and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I would not have brought it up, uh, but he deserves that accolade right now.